This podcast is a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Stay tuned and visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org. I am not going to be preaching today. Now, for some of you, that's cause to say amen. Um, and it's Father's Day, and I could um, do the Father's Day thing and, and prepare a Father's Day sermon, and... Um, which I have done sometimes in the past, or asked one of our other pastors to bring a Father's Day message. But we are going to do a Father's Day message. Just I'm not going to be preaching it. I'm going to be leading a conversation. Uh, I've asked four of our dads from our congregation, uh, four men that I believe walk with the Lord, um, to come up and share some of the things that they have learned through their experiences um, as fathers. And so we're going to be talking about, I'm going to ask them some questions and let them share. The folks that were in the last gathering came up and said, wow, uh, it, it was just really that powerful in, in, in what was said and what was done. So let me ask these guys, if you'll come up and take a seat and, uh, and then we'll get started. So come right up. Don't, 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 I know some of you are a little bit older, but come on up and, uh, and find a seat. Um, I want you to welcome them this morning. Let me tell you who they are. Um, and introduce them to you. Uh, on our right is Don Kirshner. Don is uh, our, our most veteran dad here today. Uh, Don's been a father for, did you say, 45 years um, in the last gathering, 45 years since his oldest was born. Don has six children, he and Agnes, six of them. And there's a common thread that runs through 75% of our dads up here today. Uh, Don has had three children, and then Don got three more. And the three more that he got, he and Agnes began to fo- do foster care, and they wound up adopting um, three children. By the way, all three with special needs, which I think is, is something else as well. Um, so um, we're, we're glad to have Don and the things that he's going to bring to us today. Next to Don is uh, Jack Eaton. Uh, Jack has got uh, two children, two daughters. They're both grown, and, uh, and they love him. D- Jack also, one of his two, is adopted and, uh, into his family, and so uh, he shares that. Mike Mandis, uh, is, Mike is the one we need to worry the most about because Mike's kids are, are 12, 15, and 16. He's got three, three, two teenagers and one who will be before the year's up. And, uh, but Mike, uh, I've invited Mike to come up and share with us as well some of the things that God has has uh, taught him and is teaching him. Tom Lee, uh, to our left, Tom is one of our pastors in Nagshead Church. Uh, Tom's been a, a dad for 34 years. Tom has, maybe we need to pray for Tom more, but Tom's kind of gotten through it for the most part. Tom grew up in a home with his wife and four daughters and a female dog. So Tom, <laughs> Tom has been the lone representative of testosterone in the Lee home. And uh, and he survived it, and he can smile about it. But uh, would you welcome these guys this morning? Um, one of the, f- the first thing I want to ask you, fellas, is, um, is because you're Christian men, surely somewhere in the Bible is an example, is a scripture, is a story that maybe has impacted you as a dad, as you have fathered and raised uh, your children, or raising your children. Um, we'd like to hear maybe what those things are, all right? We'd like to start. We actually, this is our second time, and we actually know what verses we pick. We pick the same. I was going to give it back to Tom, because he started last time. It didn't end up over here. But, but I actually picked the uh, 
same uh, scripture in, in Ephesians 5, 23 to 25. It tells us as fathers what is our responsibility. It says, husbands, the head of the household. And that became my aim to be the head of a household and allow it to be a Christian home. It told me how I should handle my wife by loving her. And, and that was my basis in our home. Okay. Um, I've been partial to Proverbs 22.6 that says, raise up your children the way they should go so that when they're old they won't depart from it. And not only within a Christian context, I believe that to be true, but find out what your kids have a passion for, what they like to do, what they're good at, nurture that, and I think that will be beneficial in the long run. And the second thing, as I mentioned earlier, um, Paul talks about continually praying, and I've been impressed by that. He does say pray without ceasing, and I shared in the early service that my mom used to pray for me, tried to pray for me without seizuring because I gave her fits all the time. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, those are the two things that uh, have stood out to me. So as, as Don read in Ephesians 5, um, 25, talks about um, husbands love your wife as, as Christ loves the church and gave himself up for her. And to me, to be a good godly dad, I need to put their, you know, their needs in front of mine and choose them first with my time, um, my energy, my prayers. So um, it, was, it was simple before I got married. All I had to do was worry about myself, but um, we got married and had children. So uh, my time is, is valuable to them, and, and that's, I think, in my mind, where I need to place it, um, them as a priority in my life. So. Yeah, the only thing I would add to that, and again, in the early service, we um, all talked about that same passage and how much that um, has shaped the way we look at our families. Um, I would just like to say that um, our children learn how to love other people by the way we love them and our wives. And uh, one thing I wish I would have said earlier um, in the earlier service that I'd like to say now that um, I know some friends of mine who are divorced dads, and um, it's also important to... Um, treat your children how to love by even if you are a divorced dad loving the mother of your children um, they, she may not be your wife but she's still the mom of your children and you should still show her the same love that you show if, if you were married okay um, we're going to get to a lot of serious stuff this morning um, but I want to kind of want to do something not so serious at first um, and I want you to share uh, being a dad a lot of times that we, we, we're the guy that, that has the, the heavy role in the family. Mom is the nurturing one, the comforting one, the one who wipes away the tears. And, and sometimes they're the tears that dad has caused, um, brought about by his, his maybe in his uh, necessity to, to discipline and so forth. But we also, we also like to have fun with our families. And, uh, and I know all you guys are, are fun guys and like to do fun things. Um, Tell us about something that you've done in your family. Tell us about a fun experience that you had uh, with your kids and, and, um, and why that was important to you. Mike, you're grinning real big. Camping. Uh, at Thanksgiving, uh, for probably the past four years, um, we don't have any immediate family in, in town here, so we just take off and we go camping at this place that... Um, 
Uh, it's called Tranter's Creek. It's down in Washington, North Carolina. It's Tranter's Creek Resort Campground. So we basically have Thanksgiving with a bunch of strangers. You know, we don't have to cook the turkey, but we just show up, and whoever's there, we, we eat with them. So we camp out in a little cabin and just spend a few days together. But it's kind of a different thing, um, but it's, it's a blessing for us. We, we just have a blast down there. That's what we do at Thanksgiving. Um, my idea and their idea might be of a fun experience might have been something different. Um, we used to, when we were younger, um, we weren't, we didn't have, you know, quite as much money as we do now. We were pretty poor. And so, um, our two oldest kids, uh, had one, uh, 33 and 34. And then the younger ones, um, one that's 25 now and 20. Um, so we, we have more money with the second two, you know, we, we could take them, um, camping or vacation and hiking and stuff like that. The older two, um, we didn't have any money, so our vacation was going to the beach. <laughs> and so my idea was fun, was going out and surfing while they sat on the beach and watched me. No, Sanders <laughs> <laughs> shaking her head, yes. No, but we did ask um, our oldest, um, you know, what, could you think of a fun experience? And that was what she said, was just going to the beach as a family and spending time. You know, we'd take our lunch and just hang out at the beach all day long. And, and uh, Cindy, you know, Cindy would sleep anywhere, and she would just fall asleep at the beach, and we'd just stay there all day while she slept through it, and uh, she'd wake up and play later. But um, uh, one of the other things, too, that we used to do a lot that um, I remember our, our kids really having a great time as at was on uh, New Year's Eve, just inviting friends over and kids and just and just having a party till midnight, you know, um, and just playing games and eating and stuff like that. And that was really a good time. Right. So you don't have to spend a lot of money to have fun. Yeah. Jack? Well, we did have to spend some money to have fun. Um, <laughs> actually, I, I contacted my, my daughters. They're 33 and 23 and asked them that question. And both of them, not knowing what the other said, was family vacations when I wasn't working, when they had me to themselves, and they had my attention, and, and we could go to the amusement park and make fun of what people were wearing. They thought that was, <laughs> I, thought that was I, don't, I don't advocate that, but they thought that was fun. <laughs> but that was, we stayed on the beach uh, at Myrtle Beach, it was before we had a place down here, and uh, uh, I was happy that they had some fun. My, my experience is the same as the gentleman shared with. Uh, I, I was blessed uh, as a family uh, to get to some places we wouldn't have gone. Uh, as a family, uh, we, we were given uh, make-a-wish answers to Trisha's request, and we've been to Hawaii. I've been to Disney World, which I wouldn't have been able Spent to. Spent some money there, didn't you? But it didn't cost me anything to get there. Yeah. And But... The kids still talk about the time that we spend at family camp together. Uh, haven't heard about Disney World for years. Haven't heard about the trip to Hawaii. But when they get together, they'll talk about the times that we had at family camp. Okay. How'd you learn? Where did you learn to be a father? How'd you learn to be the dad that you've become? Was it through a person's example? Was it people that you knew was it the church played a part was it how did you we pick it up somewhere because none of us I, I remember my experience bringing that little guy home for the first time thinking I've never done this before you know how'd you learn to be a dad Don 
Actually, I crossed over all the areas he shared, okay? The church had an intricate part of, of my becoming a good dad because my dad was a pastor. <laughs> so it, that worked out. But I, I was privileged to, to grow up in a pastor's uh, house, and I, I don't like to share that because now you'll start to judge me like you do the pastor's children. He's a PK. Why is he doing that? But, but I had the privilege of having a father and mother that, that taught me the standards and principles that I know. Actually, I'm a preacher's kid, too. My dad was a Navy chaplain, but he was gone quite a bit. And I didn't get married until I was 32, but I was clueless then. And trial and error, actually, was more for me. I mean, I tried to adhere to Christian uh, standards and precepts, concepts, and whatnot. But I made about every mistake a dad can make. So if you need any help, just talk to me, because I've been it, done it all. Um, and, uh, but I'm happy that I'm, I'm, I've made it through and that my kids are not under my influence anymore. Well, I didn't grow up as a pastor's kid. Uh, I grew up in a non-Christian household and my parents divorced when I was nine. So I had to kind of grow up kind of quick back then. So I was the older of two brothers and I got saved when I was 18. So. Um, I always had a good relationship with my, my earthly father, um, but I didn't really learn a whole lot of fathering skills from him because of the early age in which I was when my parents split up. So um, I kind of figured things out on my own until I was saved at 18, and then after that I kind of just followed um, the Bible and what it said and what I was hearing from the pulpit. and made a lot of mistakes and I'm still making them, but I think I'm on the right track just because I have that relationship with the Lord and I followed the rules set out for me in the Bible. Yeah, I come from a divorced family too. And my father um, didn't come to know Christ until later when I was a little older. I guess I was already married. Um, but I, th I still think I learned some, you know, some good things from him and from people in the church and God's word. And also, we were, uh, I was talking with someone between the services. Um, I've learned a lot from um, Bible teachers, different, you know, people that you hear, Chip Ingram, those kinds of things that you hear on the radio, and uh, small group um, studies that we've done. I've learned a lot um, about fathering that way. But I think the, the key is not so much, uh, well, it is the influence, but also you have to be intentional. Uh, you have to have the willing heart that you want to be a godly dad, you want to be a godly husband and because uh, if you don't have that as a goal then you're not going to do it no matter how many you know different influences you have it has to be intentional one of the big roles uh, in the home and I think especially for dads um, if there's a dad in the home is uh, to be the one who instills values uh, instills standards kind of says this is what we do and this is what we don't um, and that's not always an easy thing to do. Um, as you look back um, in, in your home, and your family, your kids' upbringing, what were some of those choices that you had to make about values and standards? And uh, were they easy to make? Were they hard to make? Um, and were they always popular with your kids? Tom? No, we... Um... We had to make choices. Everybody has to make choices about what you're going to let your kids do and, um, and not do. And so that was always um, something 
that you know we talked about and we were always on the same page that's that's an important thing too is that um you know you don't have that struggle you know between the mom and the dad but you know one of the things we talked about again earlier um was about tv and movies and dances school activities friends houses that you're going to let them go to and i can remember um one time uh, one of our kids was invited to somebody's house or something and sandra just didn't feel right about it I remember talking to Gail actually about you know this is you know just doesn't it feels kind of strange and I remember Gail telling Sandra um, you know you got to go with your gut reaction if it doesn't feel right don't don't send your child into a place where you feel like you know there's something wrong there and so we always had to uh, to make a stand and and you know sometimes our kids were okay with it sometimes they weren't okay Give back to Tom for a second. You made a statement in the last gathering, an illustration about a kite. Yeah, that was uh, from again from Chip Ingram. Uh, one of the studies we went through as parents, uh, Parenting Pod, um, and he talked about um, as you raise your kids up, as the the older they get, the more you have to let them out. It's kind of like a kite. Um, you have to let the string out slowly. You know, you don't let it all out one time, or the kite just crashes. And sometimes you got to reel the kite back in, but um, you know you have to let your kids at some point make the decisions for themselves. And hopefully, by the time they're in their older teen years, you've you've taught them enough lessons that they're able to make good decisions that way. And of course, they're they're always going to make bad decisions, just like we did. Um, but you have to let that kite out. You have to let them go a little at a time. But when they're young and little, you got to keep that, te- that that kite nice and close. And you also have to, in that same illustration, you have to be able to you have to teach them how to discern the wind. Right. Sometimes the wind's too strong for a kite. Right. Yeah. Yep. Mike? Sure. Just quickly. Uh, you know, Maria and I were Christians when we got married, so the values that we would hold to in our home were, were set. You know, we, we were both in agreement that we'd raise the kids in a Christian home. Um, but one of the big things that we decided uh, when they were little was Maria would quit work when, you know, the kids were born. We could do that, but she holds a master's degree in special education. So for her to, you know, um, quit work was a big commitment for her to stay home and raise the kids. And I think she struggled a little bit with that at first, but it's been a huge blessing to us. And not everyone can do that, but we were able to. And it made a huge um, difference. But um, so I guess that would be the major thing. We chose to homeschool our kids, too, um, all three of them. Uh, not all the way through. Sarah, who's 16 now, she's at First Flight High School. Um, so she's in public school. Jacob and Leah are still at home with, with mom being taught. So um, that was a big decision on her part to stay at home and, and be there for the kids. But it was worth every minute in our home. Let me ask you this, Mike. Um, and I think this is an important thing for us as dads to do with our children our kids need to learn what it means to have a Christian work ethic, to work for what they they will be having, uh, that there's not always going to be somebody handing things out to them. Uh, and we live in a, in a culture that really, in a lot of ways, is entitlement-based. How do you, how did you instill in your kids a, a work ethic? Well, by default, as I spoke a minute ago, we didn't have a ton of extra money to buy them whatever they wanted. Um, and we didn't want to spoil them anyway. Even if we could, we wouldn't have. 
uh, because Murray and I were never uh, spoiled by our parents growing up. I say spoiled. It's a harsh word, but um, so what we did was, you know, we would give them at Christmas and birthdays, you know, um, not extravagant gifts. You know, they could pick one big gift. We would give it to them. But we said, hey, if you want extra things, if you want an iPad, go earn the money and get it, you know. And what was beautiful about that, and all three of my kids have iPads. I don't. Sure. But they all pay, you know, they use their own money. And Leah's only 12, so they do, you know, little odd jobs around the neighborhood. We've watched Mr. Kirshner's uh, dog. We've let him out a bunch of times. But it teaches them the, the work ethic, I think, that they're going to need when they grow up and, and leave the house, you know, that things aren't just given to them. And we also taught them that all those blessings that they have come from the Lord. And part of that is um, honoring him by giving back and by tithing and, um, you know, giving every week. If they earn money that week, we would teach them to give back. And that's, it all ties together in that way. So that was really good for our kids. Good. Someone to add to that? Jack? Um, I've always had a garden and uh, my youngest daughter had a tricycle so we'd put some of the vegetables in there, and she'd go up and down the street selling them, you know, maybe a quarter for a squash, but she was so cute, they'd give her a dollar. She came back with a lot of money. Of course, we split it when she came back. I got half, half of it for growing and stuff and whatnot. But um, we did the same thing. If, if they wanted extra money and wanted certain things, phone or whatever, they had to earn the money. When they went to college, we told them, if you want spending money and you need to buy your books when you go to college, then you need to work during the summers, save that money up um, to be able to do that. We could have paid for it. We didn't. Um, and uh, I think it was a valuable lesson for them. And that's a, that's a struggle with kids because they look around and see other kids whose parents are giving them the iPad and the phone and the TV and giving the, the car, giving them everything. It, it's a struggle when they come to you and say, how come we don't? And, and, I, and how, how do you deal with that? Don, can you kind of address that? How would you? He wh- said he did. Why do I? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you may not realize it, but that, that's a real training lesson, okay? Because as they grow up, if they're out of the household, they're working for someone, they're, they're going to expect it from the boss. Mom or dad gave me things. And when I don't get what I want because I'm used to getting it, I become frustrated. So as parents, there's a lesson for us. Even though it's a silly thing like that to us, teaching them to accept and to responsibility, it's a growing lesson. And I think the Lord requires that from us to be uh, very diligent about that. And to speak to Mike, I guarantee I would hire any of his children. At his age, or at their age, the responsibility they show with task and all, it's fantastic, and, and Mike can be proud of his children for that because I, I do hire Jacob and mm-hmm. Leah to do things at my house, and, and I think it's responsibility of us as parents to, to do that. And I never, ever gave my children anything, but it may have been what was taught to me. That willing to learn, we, we wouldn't give, as some people say, allowances, but if they did chores, they could gain money by doing that. Yeah, I just, I just sent my dad a Father's Day card that said on the outside, I was going to get you a gift, but I got you this card instead. You open it up and it says, 
that teaching me the value of a dollar thing sure got back at you, didn't you? Huh? Yes. <laughs> All right, now let's, let's segue that about teaching your kids a good work ethic to the fact that you guys all have careers. You know, you, you raised your children up while you were working, and some of you, I know a couple of you guys travel, you know, a long ways to get to your job, which meant you're not home maybe as often as you could be, you know, with them. And how do you balance Fellas, how do you balance your career? Because you've got the work ethic and you know I'm supposed to provide the bacon for my family. How do you balance your career with, with the family, with being a good father? How do you, where does that come into play? I'll go. You got the mic. <laughs> I guess mic's on. Um, mic, get it. Don and I share a common burden, or I don't know, are you still, you're still traveling? So we both travel to Hampton Roads every day to go to work, right? And so we live here. So we're three hours on the road. Um, so that's three hours that I don't get to spend with my family just to get to work, and then there's eight or nine hours and back home. So it's a long day. I try to say no to work on weekends, um, I know people that I work with that have a lot of regrets because they spent a lot of time at work and not with their children, and I don't want that to be me at the end of my life. I want to look back and say, hey, I was there as much as possible for them. And another thing, when they were growing up, I used to take their birthdays off. I have three kids, so I'd take you know, their birthday off just to show them that they're special and they mean something to me. Um, so for me... Uh, those are kind of the ways I do it day to day. Um, I have a job that I'm really blessed with. I enjoy it. So it would be easy for me to dive into that and give it my all. And when you see other people advance quicker than you, it can be tempting to, because I work for a pretty big company, it could be um, tempting to push all my time and effort into that and reject my family. But that's not what I want my life to be about at the end. So... I just choose another path. You're the Tom. Tom, balance between work and family. Um, it's always tough to balance. Um, I, I probably wouldn't say I would always did the perfect job at it, you know, but there's a lot of things you have to say no to, to you know, if you're going to put your kids first. And we, I've always made, we've, as parents, always made that um, commitment that we would be there, you know, whenever we can and as many times as we can. I know dads that, um, who don't see that going to that baseball game or, or going to a, even a birthday party, you know, as a privilege to me, it always was, it was something I, you know, I wouldn't even think about missing a birthday party. I, I don't remember ever taking off work for like a whole day for birthdays, but we would always celebrate, you know, and I just want to make sure that I was there for that or for the special events, the, the dance recitals as we talked about how many last dance time. recitals did you have to go to Tom, uh, 20 or 30 something like that I don't know. <laughs> a lot <laughs> i told jake between the services that uh, uh one year we had i think we did four in one weekend uh so but anyway that's an, you know and i but i hear dad say you know oh you know my daughters they're having a sleepover oh, i think i'll go somewhere else you know i couldn't imagine missing i mean they're again they're not something i look forward to but i, I wouldn't miss them for the world because my kids are there and it was just something that was always important um, in my line of work. I'm, I'm kind of self-employed, and so uh, sometimes you have to say no to that extra money, 
even though you know that you could take a job and, and have to do it on a weekend. I, I do have to work some weekends, but um, I still turn down work to, so I don't kill myself. Um, hang on to it, Tom. We, we, uh, one of the things that I want to make sure everybody understands here today is that we haven't ga gathered the four perfect dads up here. Um, we, I, I know I asked you to do this because I believe you're good dads, you're godly men, but you're not perfect. Uh, you've made mistakes. Um, there are some times in your fathering, as in mine, when we have dropped the ball. Um, who would like to maybe share one of those experiences? Um. Again, um, the things that we say to our kids seems to be the, the as we talked about this together, seem to be the most important things. Um, and again, it's important to spend time with your kids, but uh, the words that we use um, are, are really, really important because that's how we show them. We, uh, one of the ways we show them we love them is by the, the things we say to them. And um, I've had to apologize to my kids, you know, for saying things that hurt their feelings and, and even I didn't even realize that sometimes Sander would have to come to me and tell me um, I can't believe you said that you need to go apologize and so you know I, I would have to go apologize to to one of my crying kids daughters and so I think that's an, that's one of the things probably that um, was the hardest for me to learn is just not to say the right the wrong thing or say the right thing I, I shared in the first um, gathering that I guess it's Ephesians 6, 4 and Colossians 3, 21. It says, don't exasperate your kids. Don't embitter your children for the, they'll become discouraged. And I did that with my, my oldest daughter when she was trying to learn math. I, I just felt she ought to be able to get it. She ought to know how to do it. And why was it such a pain? And I exasperated her. And I was sorry for that. I, I was, like I said earlier, I was a moron. And my wife was over there going, yeah, yeah, exactly. She, no, she's not here. Anyway, um, who was that that was nodding anyway? <laughs> but um, that was one of the biggest mistakes that I made being a father. So any young fathers out there, don't do that. You know, do as I say, don't do as I did. And I did eventually go and apologize to her for it profusely and she's got some qualities that are god-given that i wish i had despite the fact that i was her father so praying helps do it i guess mine follows along the lines of um, what tom said uh when i was before i got saved my mouth was i had a real potty mouth um i would tear people down to make myself feel better um, I had a little brother growing up, and, and I used to tear him down all the time. And some of that, you know, kind of comes back. Uh, bad things come, come out of my mouth from time to time. And I guess uh, the Lord's worked on me over the years to clean that up and just to recognize when I do say something uh, bad, it's probably because I'm not in a good place with the Lord in my own life. And so uh, to combat that, I've tried to stay plugged into church in ministry, so there's some accountability in my life to keep um, keep myself uh, close to the Lord, so that uh, out of the out of the overflow of my heart only comes you know blessings, not curses to to others. So, um, 
anyway, that's mm -hmm. where I... Um, we have, I'm sure, in this room, I don't know who all they are, but I'm sure we have some single moms who are in a home uh, doing the best they can to raise their children, and some doing just a great job, um, but they don't have the influence of a dad in the home. Um, and, I, and, and I think all of us would agree that it's really important for, for boys to have that father figure anyway to look up to and to teach him how to be a man. Um, is, there, is there a word of uh, wisdom you might have, word of advice, word of counsel uh, that you might share um, with single moms who might be here today um, about helping boys understand manhood and what it means to be a man? Don? Don does? Okay. First of all, I feel my job was very hard as a a father, but I realize your job is twice as hard because you're at, at as a single person. I, I think, first of all, to me, you have to be aware of your child's peers, okay? Uh, I always had my wife to check out with. If something was going on, she might say, hey, you know, I don't like this person or something's going on. And and as a, a single mom, you, you have to be really careful because it's only you. And I know the parents that grew up with my children thought I was the most kind and considerate parent they ever met because if my son or daughter was going somewhere or to a friend's house, I needed to know the parents were going to be there. So as kind and considerate as I was, I always called to make sure it wasn't an imposition that my son was going to be at their house on Saturday to find out if they were going to be home on Saturday. And, and I think that's an important thing that as parents we need to be doing. We need to know who our children are spending time with. And I shouldn't take too long because the pastor doesn't want me to. But as a mom, I would challenge you to make sure they're going to the youth group, okay? A dad might not be present in the home, but that youth leader, the one that's assisting in the youth, may be a, a, a man image that they'll be able to link up to. So I think it's important that you have them at home, make sure you get involved with them in church and, and get them. Maybe there's a, a peer they'll find there that'll be a blessing and be able to maybe link up into their life and give them a, a man hookup if you would. But I, I think you need to be involved because you're on your own. Because I know I had my wife to check things out with and, and I appreciate the situation you in and bring the Lord to bless you. Anybody else have anything different that you might want to, that you thought you might share? <clears throat> Just real quick I grew up in a situation in a single you know single family home or single mom single parent so um, be encouraged that God can you know move in that situation moved in my life and um, I think as Christian men in the church it's our responsibility to mentor these boys when we have time you know even if we don't and single moms don't be afraid to you know ask a Christian man in the church that you, you trust, hey, can you spend a little time with my kid? Okay. I, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think. Good, good, okay. good. Lots of men around that be willing to do that, I hope. Absolutely. All right, two, two, we're going to finish up with two questions, and I just kind of want single-sentence answers from you, all right? All right, you kind of imagine you're on Twitter right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Me neither. Oh, boy. Um, we're on 
Um, question number one. Um, if you if if you had one single piece of advice that you could share with um, you're sharing with a group of dads here today, one single piece of advice, what would that be? Put Christ first in your life, and um, treat the people around you with love. Keep your relationship with the Lord on track. Stay as close to Him as you can, because everything you say and do is going to come out of that relationship stay on your knees praying and love your wife as Christ loved the church I think you need to allow your life to show truthfulness and if you're a Christian allow your life to be a Christian life to your children 24 hours a day be consistent Yes. You know what I appreciate about you four guys what you just said is that it didn't come from me didn't come from the pastor, didn't come from the professional Christian. Came from the, you know, the guys out there living it in the world, and, and, and I appreciate that. Second question, one, one simple answer if you can. How do you want to be remembered by your children and your grandkids? What do you want, if, you know, if you could put one sentence on your, on your headstone, you know, kind of a thing. How do you want to be remembered? that I showed love and honor to them as Christ has shown to me. Uh, that he looked like Brad Pitt? No. That was second. Um, actually, the same thing. I hope they realize that I'm a Christian man. I'm serious about it. And I love them to death. And hope we had fun along the way. I'd like to be remembered as a man who, uh, who loved God and put him first in, in his own life and tried to point others to Jesus Christ along the way and uh, took care of his family in that way. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> they all said the same thing, so that's uh, pretty much the same thing. That's what I would like to be remembered as. And someone who we all said we'd like to have um, or be remembered to have fun with our kids and that we spent time with them. Not right. absentee or whatever. All right. Do you appreciate these guys today? Thanks, guys. Go ahead. Let me ask you to bow your heads uh, with me and close your eyes. Um, we're not quite done this morning, but what I would like to do this morning is to talk with you about, as you think about what you've heard. Uh, this was you know, I don't want to say it was totally spontaneous, but it wasn't really rehearsed. I just asked these guys to share from their hearts and to be transparent. Um, and I realized that this morning uh, there are people in this room, uh, maybe I know your, your situation, maybe I don't, but there are people in this room who when you think of dad, when you think of father, it's not good memories. Uh, you have painful ones because... Maybe your father was absent. Um, maybe he was abusive. Uh, maybe he was unkind. Maybe he was, said he was one thing but lived another. We could go on and on. Um, and and I, I want to pray for you this morning that God would give you, within you, the ability uh, through the Holy Spirit to give forgiveness to your father, 
Because some of you, that may be what's holding you back in life is you hate dad and you're not going to get past it. And if that's the case, you just can't advance with the Lord. Doesn't mean you agree with what he was or how he did, but you can forgive him. Then there's some of you I want to pray for this morning that are dads. And you're working, struggling, trying to do the best you can, uh, trying to live for God if you're a Christian man. And, but you're, you're really struggling with that, and that's not an easy thing. Uh, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you, you moms, especially you single moms, but I want to pray for all of our moms. If you're married to the father of your children, I want to pray for you that you will love their father, um, that you will show him honor and respect because that will teach them to do the same. And that's so, so missing in our culture. Mom, you have a critical role to play in how your children perceive their father. So let me go to the Lord in prayer. And, and, and before I pray, just if you would say, Rick, I fit in one of those groups that you just mentioned, and I want to be included in this prayer. I'm not going to call your name out or ask you to do anything. I just want to know that there, there really are people that I'm praying for here that know they need those prayers. Would you, would you just hold your hand up in the air? Just slip your hand up. Rick, pray for me. God bless you. Lots of hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, Thanks for this message today. It's different, not norm, what we normally do, but I believe, God, you were here. I, I thank you for the lives that these men live, and they're not perfect, but they are saved. Uh, they do know their purpose in life, in Christ, and I thank you for the, for the way you've allowed them to father their children, and may we as dads emulate you, Heavenly Father especially if we did not have an earthly dad that was a good model or pattern for us. I want to pray for moms, married moms, God, that they would, and even the single moms, God, if there's a father somewhere in the, in the life of their kids, that they would be respectful. Uh, help us to realize, that, as we've heard from these guys, that our words matter. Um, I pray, Father, for those that are here today who's, they look back on their dad and, and it brings pain because of things he did, things he said, things he didn't do. And perhaps today, Lord, they need to, with, with the assistance of you and your spirit working in their hearts, offer forgiveness to that man. If he's already dead and gone, Lord, just forgive him. If he's still living, Father, speak to him and forgive him and set themselves free from that chain of anger and bitterness. Help us to be, those of us who are dads, I'm one. Help us to be the kind of men that our children will, will be glad that we were part of their lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This has been a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org.